Welcome, Shine Church. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. So glad to be with you guys today. And uh, it's just great to, to be able to be in, able to share with you some, some things from the Word of God. Um, before I do that, I have a, a story I want to share with you guys. It's a true story. Why, why are you guys laughing here? Um, true story. Just the idea here is... I'm, going, I'm trying to show you where my mind has been during this quarantine. Anybody else get a little, getting a little quirky in their mind? It's almost like my, my brain is getting a little stagnated or something like that. I'm, I don't know. But uh, the other day I was ordering pizza. I'm sure some of you have ordered pizza during the, the quarantine. Anybody else order pizza? Yeah, I see those hands. Um, well, I'm ordering pizza with Papa John's, and we like to get two large pizzas usually lots of meat on it, and I'm, I'm completing the transaction with the gentleman over the phone. He says, Mr. Painter, just one last question before we get to order uh, ready and get it out to you. Do you want us to cut those pizzas in 10 slices or, or eight? And I thought about that, and I said, you know, sir, that's a great question. You better make it eight. Cut it in eight because I don't think we can eat 10. Now, here's, <laughs> here's the point. I had no concept that it was the same amount of food. Okay, and maybe you've done the same thing that I did, but don't worry about it because there's hope. I'm going to be talking to you about hope today, and there's hope that your mind will not be as messed up as mine is. Here's one more example, true story. Uh, I went to the eye doctor the other day, too. I was having trouble seeing and uh, thought I'd better get it looked at during the quarantine. You have some time to do some things like that. So I go and set up this appointment. I'm in the office with my eye doctor. And he says, what's the problem, Rob? I said, well, I just can't see very, very far, it's especially in my left eye. He said, well, come here, look out my window here. And he takes me over, and I look out the window. He's got his arm on me. He's a friend. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, what do you see? And I kind of took a moment, and I said, I, well, I, I see the sun. And he looked at me, and he says, well, goodness gracious, Rob, how far do you have to see, man? And I realized those are good jokes. That is a good, good humor right there for all of my friends and families at home. Love you guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Hey, I want to pick up where DJ left off last week. He talked about this whole idea outlined in Romans chapter 5, just the first few verses, about going through difficult times, persevering through them. Pastor Dan opened up the series, and DJ shared how our character is developed through these times and what that looks like. And then it ends, it has its end in hope. Character producing hope. And I'm going to talk to you about hope today. The three things that DJ said that were so powerful and so awesome, I, I just been thinking a lot about it all week, is this. These are the three. He said uh, our character, when it's being developed through these, these difficult times, challenging times, it solidifies our identity, it creates brotherhood, and it redefines expectations. So those were some gems of truth that I hope you guys enjoyed and got some things out of that. I want to pick up where DJ left off and start to look at this whole idea of hope. And I'm going to read these verses once again out of the New American Standard Version, and then I'm going to actually read it to you from the Amplified, which is just a great illumination for it. So let me read this. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. There's the first mention of hope right there. He's saying we can exult in the very hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Man, that is great news. That is awesome truth from, from the word of God. And we see this, this pro, uh, what would you, uh, progression process of how we can go through things in life. And really, when it talks about character, another way to say that really is spiritual maturity. We are maturing spiritually, and its end result, it produces hope. And it's the hope of actually experiencing God's glory, being with him. It's not the same type of hope, for example, if I were to say to you, I, man, I hope I win the lottery. I sure hope I win it. That carries with it, in my opinion, an element of just doubt. Like I, there's really very slim, a very slim chance that I'm going to win the lottery, right? But this hope is totally different. It's a biblical hope. Now, in the New Testament, I want to define that for you. The idea of hope here is this. It, hope expresses a cherished desire along with the confident assurance of obtaining that which is longed for. This is completely different than the type of hope that I would have of hoping I win the lottery. I hope I can get through this. I hope I can do this. This is a totally different type of hope. And I want to unpackage that with you just a little bit. I want to read through the same portion of scripture here, but I'm going to read it from the amplified version. It says this, therefore, since we've been justified, that is acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith. Man, that's good news, isn't it? That is awesome news. Let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Amen to that. We no longer have unpeace with God. We are at peace with God. We are justified by our faith and the joy of reconciliation with him. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and his power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our suffering and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, trouble, being quarantined, produces patient endurance and endurance proven character, spiritual maturity, and proven character hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Another translation, when it talks about hope does not disappoint, it actually says it this way. It says, hope does not produce shame. 
It doesn't shame us. This kind of hope of experiencing God's glory through our spiritual maturity produces something so powerful and so awesome in us that it has no shame and it does not disappoint. So that's good news. So the question I have is how do we get there? How do we get to this place? Well, I, I made this thought. I had, a, I had a thought here, and I wrote this down. I said, maturity that comes from enduring patiently produces hope because you've reached a place in life, a point in our lives, where we've settled some things. We, we've come to a place where we've settled some things in our faith. We've reached a place where we simply believe no matter what we see, no matter what the circumstances are, we choose to believe. We can hope in God's promises just as Abraham hoped in his promises. God was promising literally to Abraham that he would experience his very life, God's life. I want you to come on this journey with me, Abraham, and experience me and experience what I have. He alone gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So this hope takes us into another dimension, man. It takes us into a place where we can experience the very glory of God. The context of Romans 4, obviously, excuse me, Romans 5, is set up for us in Romans 4. And in that, we find out that Abraham was justified by his faith. The faith that he had to simply believe that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. He trusted the fact that God would do it. The story of Abraham is amazing, and I encourage you to go back and look at it. It's, it's talked about and told in Genesis, starting basically in Genesis chapter 12. But just a quick, brief picture of that, just to kind of frame it. You've got the Garden of Eden. Then you have Noah. I'm briefly, I'm going through this briefly. Then you have the Tower of Babel, which happened, and God had to come down and confuse the language of mankind because it was going in the wrong direction. And then it picks up right there with Abraham. And here's the thing. God wanted a man to believe him, to stand on his word and, and say, I'm going to stand with you. He made co a covenant with Abraham that established the, the whole idea of faith and the fact that we are seen as righteous because of that kind of faith. It's not based on works. And this is what Abraham did. God is always longing for someone, some person, for us, each of us, to experience more of him. That's the fact of hope. That's what hope does. That's the kind of hope we're talking about. He wants us to experience that very glory of who he is. Now, I just have a couple of, actually, I have three points about hope that I want to share with you. First of all, hope can be against hope. In Romans chapter 4, it talks about this, and I'm going to read that portion of Scripture to you to put it in context, and I'm going to pick up in verse 16. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed in order that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which had been spoken to him, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 
and to the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now the question I have to you is, did he waver in unbelief at all? He did, didn't he? Two times he lied about his wife. Then he had a child with his maidservant because it took about 25 years from when God spoke this promise to him for it to be fulfilled. You talk about enduring patiently. But during that time, he wavered. And the amazing thing is, God doesn't see him that way. That's what it says. He didn't waver in unbelief. Well, we see he wavered, but God didn't see him that way. And I want you to hear this. He doesn't see us that way. Just because we waver in unbelief through an enduring time or a difficult season in our life, and I know some of you, man, have been going through tough times, physically, spiritually. Some of you have transitioned jobs. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have had difficult things in this time of the quarantine that are very difficult. But here's the truth. Just because we waver doesn't make us hopeless. Amen? Just because we have some things happening in our lives, that's not how God sees us. And I love that. He says he did not waver in unbelief. Man, that gives me hope because I have wavered in my faith. I have definitely wavered in my faith. I have questioned things. I have doubted God. And, but that is the very process of spiritual maturity if we just continue to realize I can experience the glory of God. That's the hope image. Now, if you look at the rest of Romans 5, this is what's so powerful about what Paul says. We've been justified by faith with God. We have peace. We can stand in this, basically this grace of experiencing more and more of God. Man, that is such good news. And he ends with this hope that this character, this spiritual maturity produces hope. But the rest of Romans 5 then, he basically makes this amazing comparison between what Adam did and what Jesus did. And it's unbelievable what Adam did. And then he says basically, but so much more, this is what Jesus did. So much more, Jesus did this. As a matter of fact, he says some of the most profound truths of our identity in Christ and lays that foundation in Romans 5. And then right in the beginning of Romans 6, he talks about what that really looks like, being in Christ, having a new identity. So that's why he's saying we are, we are in a place where we have peace with God and we can enjoy him and experience more and more of this hope. So number, the number one point I'm making here is that hope can be against hope. And here's the thing about that as I transition out of that point into the next one, and that is this. I used to think that was a negative thing. And really, my friend DJ and, and, and Dan, they helped me to see this, that it's really not a negative thing. The hope against hope is literally saying that Abraham's hope that he had was right up against and close to the very hope of God that God had for him. And I want us to see that. That's the same with us. Our hope can be right up against the very hope that God has for us. He has hope, too, of us experiencing more and more of him. And I love that, that picture. It's just really, really encouraging. The second point I want to make is that hope is a door to hearing God's kind voice, his tender voice. Hope is a doorway to that. And I want to talk to you about just a brief Thing that happened. Uh, go if you look at Hosea. 
chapter 2. And the, the context of what's happening here is basically it's the restoration of Israel. They, uh, the, when I mentioned this, this valley of Achor, I'm just going to read this to you in a moment. What he's referring to there is a place of trouble. Back in the Old Testament, the Israelites had some trouble. There was a gentleman that basically took some things under the ban. God said, don't do it. They had bad trouble. And this now is turning that around and saying, out of that trouble, I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to speak tenderly to you. Therefore, I will behold her, it says in verse 14. I will allure her. Behold, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her her vineyards from there in the valley of Achor as a door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Here's some things I want to say about this valley of Achor being a doorway of hope. It's an, it's an analogy. It's to understand this, that hope is a doorway of hearing God's voice tenderly for us. And I talked with a friend of mine recently, and he said something very interesting. During this quarantine, he said, you know, Rob, I have almost invented ways of distracting myself from looking in the mirror and really seeing where I'm at with God and what he has to say to me. And he said, you know why? Because I'm afraid of what I'm going to hear. And I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've done that. Uh, same type of thing. And here's the lie that I want you to know that's buried in that. That is not true. God wants to speak tenderly to you. He's not going to, when we take the time to sit there and listen and go into this hope that we're talking about in Romans 5, he's not going to speak death to you. He's not going to speak all of the disappointment things that you've done in the last two weeks. He's not going to bring up all of those things that he sees them anyway. He's going to speak tenderly to you. It's a door of hope into speaking kindly to you and, and to me. And I, I really believe that because, man, I used to think, man, what's he going to say? He's going to see all the stuff I've been doing wrong. Then I start comparing myself to everybody else. Man, she's been doing prophetic dances over there for three days straight. I haven't danced once in my life. How about you guys? She's been praying more. He's been doing this. He's been doing that. And, man, I'm, I'm wavering in some unbelief. Here's the thing I want us to know. That's okay because you're on a different track than anybody else. There is no other you. There's nobody else that is in the spiritual journey that you're in. Somebody else is on a different spiritual journey. So let's stop comparing. Let's stop worrying about that and let God speak tenderly to you to take a moment to listen to what he says. Where's the hope here? Well, the hope is, is this. It's, it's the hope of hearing God speak tenderly to me like a friend, like someone who loves me and wants to, to be in a place where I can hear great things about myself. That's the thing that God wants. You just be the best you, you you can be today. You're on a unique journey, man, and the individuality of God is wonderful because I'm not like anybody else. And if I start comparing myself to somebody, man, I'm gonna get down and I've done it into a dark hole of depression and sadness because... I think I should be over here. Well, we're all maturing, and we're on this path, and it ends. Or it doesn't really end. I shouldn't say it that way. You know what? It produces hope. It produces this hope. It doesn't end with that. We're talking about an eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and with 
awesome truth of God that's glory after glory after glory. That's what he's talking about. So just be the best you you can be today. I want to say this. You're enough because God says we're enough. Amen? He says you're on this journey. He doesn't see some of these things that we always pick on ourselves about. He says yes. I love what DJ said last week. He says it's not about him proving or us proving anything to God. He's approving us every day. Man, that was so good. Just watch the voices in our minds because sometimes they can really lie to us. And the third point I want to make to us as I get ready to close here is this. <clears throat> Hope is an anchor of the soul. I want to read you a scripture from Hebrews chapter 6. And this really, really brings it home because what we see here is the very words that, that who, the author of Hebrews says here is referring back to Abraham again. So I want to pick up in verse 17. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show the heirs of the promise, that's us, the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. Take hold of it. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, there's a lot in there that I don't have time to get into, but here's the point I want to make about that. Because of what Jesus has done, we can enter into the very presence of God, and that is an anchor of our, of our soul. That hope anchors us. It anchors our minds. It anchors our will. It anchors our emotions. It's an anchor of, the very, of, the, of our souls. And that is powerful. That is a truth that we can hold on to, an anchor of the soul. So as I wrap up here, three points. Hope can be against hope. Hope is a door to hear God's voice tenderly. And hope is an anchor of our soul. I want to read you a quote as I close here from a man named A.W. Tozer. I'm sure some of you have heard of him. He's written many books. This is one of my favorites. It's called The Pursuit of God. It's an awesome book. I encourage you to pick, a, pick up a copy and read it um, if you can. It's awesome. But I want to read you a quote that he has in here that talks about this connection with God, this, this hope that we can have of being in his presence. It is important that we get still to wait on God. And it is best that we get alone, preferably with our Bible outspread before us. Then, if we will, we may draw near to God and begin to hear him speak to us in our hearts. I think for the average person, the progression will be something like this. First, a sound as of a presence walking in the garden. Then a voice, more intelligible, but still far from clear. Then the happy moment when the Spirit begins to illuminate the Scriptures. And that which had been only a sound, or at best a voice, now becomes an intelligible word, warm and intimate and clear as the word of a dear friend. Then we will come into a place where we see life and light, and the best of all, the ability to see and rest in and embrace Jesus Christ 
as Savior and Lord of all. Man, that's a great quote. I love that. That's looking in the mirror. That's quieting ourselves and not being afraid that God's going to say something mean or he's going to find out what you did last night or he's going to bring that up. He wants to speak tenderly. That's the hope we're talking about. Amen? Well, let me pray and we'll close. Lord, thank you for your word. Pray that, Lord, that you would take it now and let it as a seed begin to grow in our hearts and bear good fruit, a good harvest. Lord, we want to experience this hope. Thank you, Lord, that you put it in Paul's heart to teach us this, that as we go through difficult things, we are maturing, we have the right perspective, and man, we have the hope of being closer and closer with you and experiencing your glory. I pray that for each of us as we go away, that that seed, that seed of hope would grow and bear fruit. Lord, you showed me some things. Hope is a gateway to seeing your kingdom. Hope allows us to look at our greatest fears and say no more. No more. Hope is what allows us to face anything that the enemy throws at us and say, but God. But God. So we thank you for that. (coughs) Excuse me. In Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Gotta go.